I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are here, the Lord, we are here, and we're ready, ready to podcast. Hiya, I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week, we're giving our mega church. A tiny family feel. We introduce you to members of our church staff, sometimes people from our community. Ooh, it is a treat and it is a treasure. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. Burn like a bush, pot like the sea, Hallie. How are you? Oh, I am so blessed, 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 blessed. How are you? How are your kids in Climax? You know, I had a great weekend with my teens who came to Climax. We did an altar call this weekend. And instead of, you know, doing that slow, contemplative kind of music where, you know, you give your life to Christ, I did a twist on that and I did a mosh pit, which made it so much more exciting and, you know, borderline violent, which is not, you know, beyond the possibility of being a Christian these days anyway. So I think it really was. And um, so that was just great. I'm still kind of buzzing about that. You know, in my personal life, Hallie, and uh, this has been tough. My lady friend, Jen Hatmaker, Jay Hat and I, we had our first fight. Oh, no. I know. What was it about? Well, Hallie, she said she was a feminist. Who knew? (sighs) I know. I don't know how they got to her. Well, what did you do? Well, I mean, Hallie, I freaked out, Okay, you know, which for me, that just kind of looks like I don't talk and then I go to the gym for six hours. What did she do? Well, she explained to me that she believes in full social, economic and political equality for women. Okay. And I said, yeah, me too. Oh, good. And she said, you know, well, then you're a feminist. I was like, no, I am not. She goes, well, that's what feminism means. And I said, well, we have to agree to agree not to call it feminism. Okay. So. Well, I hope, did she give in? Did she give up? Like as a woman, you really got to be the peacemaker. No, Allie, she would not give up. Uh Oh, 
She just said, you know, she didn't think it would be equitable if I just got to make all the rules about what we can and can't call things. And so I just said, you know what, Jen, I need time to cool off. Um, and I'm not sure if I mentioned him before, but my friend Clay, Clay Mason, Mason Bannerman, yeah, he came and picked me up in his new G wagon, oh, cool. which is really cool. And um, we drove up to Michigan. We hit the snowboard slopes. I just had to shred, you know, shred the nye and cool off for a while. Did that help? Oh, it definitely helped, Hallie. It was also fun because we uh, went in on a snowmobile together, Ooh. bought one. We've been riding that around a lot. Oh. I drive, he rides in the back, so that's oh. cool. Yeah. How was your week, Hallie? <gasps> wow, what a week. I've been waiting to talk to you about this because I don't think you were in the room. Um, our leadership meeting this week, church leadership. Yeah. Well, let me back up. There are things going around on social media where these so-called ex-evangelicals are saying things about how evangelical culture is abusive or it's damaging or it's rooted in supremacist culture or something and it came up in our leadership meeting this week at church and we just started to address it head on oh good i mean that is what the church is known for talking about things out in the open of course so um we were, of course, we're sitting there in our leadership meeting. We're, we're brainstorming some fresh, postmodern, creative programming to get people uh, into our doors and to get them hooked on Christ. I love it. And we're sitting there talking about what is cool and what is hip, you know, in our culture and how we can mold pop culture hits into messages for Christ. Oh, wow. I hope you talked about NFTs. And Mike Lindgren on our leadership team, he was brave enough to bring up the fact that there is this new trend on social media and we need to talk about it where people are talking bad about the church and they're like finding solace and community and reaching out and finding each other and connecting as survivors of church culture and they're saying hey you know what i got really messed up in that culture too and you're not alone and all that kind of Uh, stuff well that is not community so here goes the thing so lead pastor steve was such a powerful leader in this moment he wasn't rattled at all he wasn't threatened he wasn't worried he said you know what i am not Ashamed of the gospel. The Bible is the word of God. We have been called to bring our message to the masses because we believe that life transformation is the highest possible calling. And we also have to make payroll and keep the lights on and all that. And we will not be bullied. We won't. No, we won't. It was strong. And we all stopped, Gray. And we prayed right then and there. And we recommitted ourselves to pushing our faith into the world because you know what? Haters are going to hate. That's right. The haters are going to hate, and it doesn't matter if people on the internet are saying evangelicalism teaches people much more about fear than it ever does about love. To those people who say evangelicalism teaches you fear, not love, to those people I say, I ask, have you ever been in love? It's excruciating. It's terrifying. It's one long inhale that makes you feel like you're falling off a cliff. Of course you're going to be hurt by Jesus. You're finally in love. I know. It's kind of like me and Jen right now. It's like a kind of like a mosh pit. Painful. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, You'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? 
No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Just like our Heavenly Father is the King of Kings, our guest today is a Christian impersonator of the King. It's my pleasure to introduce Tumnus Waddington. Welcome to the pod. Hey, Hallie Gray. Thank you very much for uh, having me on today. <laughs> he sounds like <laughs> it the sounds King. exactly <laughs> like Elvis. I cannot yeah. believe that. Yes, well, it's so good. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, I like to say Elvis is the second coolest guy who's ever walked the face of the earth. Oh. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> we know, of course, the coolest guy. Ron DeSantis. No, I'm just kidding. It's Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Little joke what I like to tell. Gr- that is a great joke. I well, mean, Elvis needs to be impersonated by a Christ follower. I mean, absolutely. Tumnus, so I've got to ask you, when, I mean, how did you even start this? Because I would say that when we saw you do your whole sort of one-man show and act where you changed the songs from, you know, Elvis songs into Christ-centered Elvis songs, and, and then just told the stories and everything, I just thought it was so amazing. How did you come into this cool thing that you're doing now? Well, thank you, Greg. Yeah. I actually, uh, and you know, Hallie, you know, get back to your point. Uh, definitely, it is a, a privilege to be uh, impersonating Elvis, who was himself such a devout Christian, and of course came up in the church and the Assembly of God and gospel music and everything like that. But Gray, I wanted to bring it uh, more to today's uh, people, uh, today's awesome. world. And it was really during the pandemic, I would say, when I was I was working um, as the manager of a, a Hampton Inn in Zionsville, and of course, as we we all know what happened with that when the pandemic came down, the hotel pretty much shut down so oh, right. uh, i was out of a job and oh. found myself uh spending a lot of time at home just you know listening to listening to elvis's music um you know just kind of spending time by myself reflecting on things where i was at in my life and kind of went into a a very deep elvis um period i guess you could say and an elvis you know hole. this is what came out of it yeah that is awesome wow and it's very god honoring because you know people take folks like elvis who you're right were raised in the church uh were, were um you know but believer he was a believer absolutely and they secularize him, you know. They say, "Well, he was shaking his hips or whatever," That's and right. they and so na- and now you got all these Elvis impersonators just marrying people in Vegas, getting them into intoxicated unions, and it's really a shame because he was a believer and he needs to be impersonated by a Christ follower. And the way that you can transform his music into more God honoring lyrics, I mean, I feel like it's a miracle. Oh, totally. Well, that is, gosh, that that really warms my heart to hear you say that, Hallie. I, I appreciate that because that is the goal. Uh, you know, and the other goal was to relate more to my daughters because, um, you know, like Elvis, uh, I'm, well, currently estranged from my wife and, um, that's, that's okay. But, uh, yeah, I do have two daughters and, you know, I wanted to, uh, connect with them more. I know they're into uh, pop music and everything They're They love Justin Bieber and, you know, who's he, what's he, uh, all the rest of them, but they didn't really know Elvis. And so I, I decided to, you know, do this and doing this in the church where they're both, uh, in youth group and everything. And, um, could be a way to, you know, let them see their old dad in a cooler light. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely will. And especially using someone like Elvis, who, you know, I I think if the youth could see how cool Elvis was, they wouldn't be listening to, you know, Who's He Watsy and these other rappers now. I think that's really just, just a shame. Yeah. Is Who's He Watsy a, is he a, a, an artist? I actually just said that. But oh, he, you know, I thought you just said that. Oh. So I'm sorry. He probably is, though. On TikTok. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, when I first started doing my act, uh, you know, you, you guys saw me um, sort of in the aftermath of my, my leg injury. But 
when I first started doing my act, I was doing all the, you know, um, a, a sort of tamer version of Elvis's hip shaking and, you know, uh, knee buckling and everything like that. But of course, I did uh, have a mishap and, and tore my ACL. So oh, um, no. now that's why you guys see me when I'm when I'm up now. You see me in my jazzy scooter and I'm I'm fully mobile in that thing. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not doing the. The, the steps, the moves as much anymore. Okay. I was really, because I wanted to ask you about that just physically. I was like, this guy's really embodying Elvis. I mean, even when you move, your limp is so pronounced. And I was really thinking that that was just you kind of showing how, you know, Elvis was so loose in the hips. But I guess what you're saying is yeah. that your, your knee is just damaged beyond uh, any kind of uh, repair. And, and, Absolutely. And you're walking a bit of Kimbo. It, it, it is a bit of Kimbo. Uh, it is a bit of Kimbo, unfortunately, Gray. And, you know, I, I did go through a lot of rehab, um, but I did have a mishap during the rehab as well. Oh, so no. kind of, you know, um, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And, and now, you know, maybe that was his plan to give me a little bit of an Elvis Elvis shake in my walk, I guess. You okay. Know? What happened during rehab? Uh, you know, just uh, doing my physical therapy to uh, repair the ACL. I um, happened to be listening to uh, a, an old recording, a previously unreleased recording of uh, Jailhouse Rock and you know, just couldn't really stop myself. Got up and, and started uh, improvising lyrics um, to a, a song that actually ended up in my act, Prayer House Rock. But it, uh, yeah, uh, it was it was ill-advised. Um, I once again crumpled to the floor. I was feeling I hoped I'd never feel again, but totally God had, other, had other plans. Oh, you tore the other ACL. I did. I did. Okay. Oh, oh no. What a shame. Well, well, you know what? If I might give you a word basket of encouragement, Tumnus, um, you know, suffering draws us cro- closer to Christ, for one. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like a lot of what Elvis did was in the shoulders. And honestly, it was a lot in the flip of his hair. And you have got the hair, Tumnus. Thank I you. mean, I don't know if that's a prosthetic or a wig or a, 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 a rug or extensions, but you have <laughs> got the hair. Yeah. Well, it is a wig. It is a wig. Um, it's a wig. It's a it's a it's a nice wig. It's not the very best wig. I'm actually saving up for another wig, uh, which yeah, which I think will uh, will flip even harder and, and better. So, uh, but I appreciate you no- noticing that, Hallie. Um, yeah, I, I do agree. Uh, you know, I try to get uh, the shoulder, the shoulders into it uh, definitely a lot now. Now that I'm pretty much immobilized from the waist down. Right. Yeah. Well, I do have to just say that when you did your, your performance uh, last weekend, um, I thought one of the most powerful things, aside from the movement, which I guess now that I'm, I'm hearing your story was, wasn't really intentional, but uh, one of the most empowering things was just when you got down on your knees and you, as Elvis, gave this testimony mm. about you know Elvis awesome. c- coming to Christ yes. but, and 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 talking to Jesus at his moment of need, mm-hmm. and I just thought that was just such a powerful thing. I mean, was that improvised or is that all scripted? Or what? How did how did he get into that place where Elvis meets Christ for the first time? You know that Gray was just really just a, a moment uh, that I experienced uh, in full public view, and. Um, you know, uh, Elvis, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, had a, a difficult chapter with prescription drugs. Um, and, you know, I uh, was also taking some prescription uh, pain relief medication for my ACLs. But, um, you know, I started to feel myself slip down that slippery slope. And I did have uh, one or two dark nights, but uh, was able to thankfully pull myself out of that with the help of, you know, prayer and, and talking to uh, uh, my wife and getting her to come over and, and actually remove the drugs from the house. Uh, but... When that when that happened, Gray, I was pretty much just just wrestling in a real raw moment uh, there on stage, and um, also was I'll be honest, a little bit addled by the drugs. Well, Thomas, I got to tell you that ever since I watched your powerful performance in the program, I have had this song in my head, the Elvis song, um, "Pray Around the Clock." Oh yeah, One, two, three o'clock, pray around the clock. Oh yeah, right. I, I didn't even know that was Elvis. It. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's it's not actually Elvis. It's, oh okay. Uh, 
It's it's Bill someone in the somethings. I I don't actually remember what I just kinda it just kinda sounds like Elvis. Right, okay. And um well, I think yeah, I like it. I yeah, said. Same diff. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Elvis could have sang it. Oh man, I, well, I, I liked can't stop I liked them it. all, you know, can't help falling in love with God. I can't um, yeah, can't help falling in love with God. You, I mean you can't in love with <laughs> really? God. I sure can't. I sure and can't. then and then when you put on the blue suede cross oh. that, that was, how did you even come up with that where you're putting the cross on uh, you know, you're kinda of putting the cross on, on his shoes. Right, right. Which was hard for you, I guess, with the knees. It, well, yeah, it was well. You know what? Being in my um, scooter, I, I, I learned a, a lot of things I could do with my hands, and, and actually, I got very into crafting. So, um, Blue Sway Cross actually came out of a, a episode I had where I, I was, you know, I'd got a lot of stuff from Michaels. I was crafting in my kitchen uh, alone in my house, and uh, decided to make a, a blue suede cross. I had some blue suede looking fabric. Uh, decided to make a blue, blue suede cross that I could, uh, you know, put up in my kitchen and just kind of remind myself of uh, Christ's love and everything like that. So, had it up and. My daughter, uh, <laughs> uh, one of my daughters, actually, um, when she was over visiting me, she uh, she found it, and uh, well, let's just say she uh, she's at an age where she's exploring her body, and I unfortunately walked in on her, I would say, certainly desecrating the cross. So that's oh, what kind of no. gave rise to the to the lyrics. You know, it's a well, it's one for the Bible, two for the robes, mm. three for holy water in a bowl. But please don't Ooh. mess up my blue suede cross. Oh yeah. Oh, you can do anything that you want, but don't desecrate my blue suede cross. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I really am just looking at Elvis. Why would you need to even go see Elvis? Oh, I know. You don't need to. This is better. And you got the face. You got those baby blues. You got the moves. Yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate all of them. Well, you know, half the moves. You know, what's really, what's really uh, sad, and I hate to make everything racial, but it seems like everybody's going there these days. So, you know what? I'm going to have to to make it racial, which is I just didn't like how you were saying that people are coming after you saying, hey, Elvis just kind of took all this music from black people and just kind of said, you know, now it's white music and now it's rock and roll is white music and we always had it and we always made it. I mean, how do you respond to that? Because I just kind of think that this whole critical race theory and all that oh, is boy. just kind of messing everything up. Oh, well, don't get me started on that. I, I have a, a word to share on that as well. But as far as, uh, you know, people saying Elvis stole black people's music, I mean, you need to remember that, you know, music has been around since time immemorial, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, really the original creator of music, uh, as with everything else, is God. Oh, right. And, That's right. you know, God, as we all know, is a, is a white man with a big white beard. Here's the thing. Elvis went to war. Okay. He fought for this country. That's Do you right. think Absolutely. he would lay down his life for a racist country? No, he would not. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No. no, no. He, he responded to the draft. He answered the call and, and yeah, and that's actually where he, uh, Started dating Priscilla when she was um, 14. Oh, is that right? So, yeah, well, they, they had a long courtship. So. Oh, wow. And how, how old was he when she was 14? He was, well, uh, I guess he would be in about his hmm, early 20s, probably 22, 23. Oh, wow. Well, I guess if Seinfeld can do it and he's a wholesome stand-up, then I guess Elvis can do it too. I mean, I think that's so awesome what you said, Tumnus, that yeah, Elvis Elvis didn't see color. Elvis, uh, Elvis thought all people were the same. He treated everybody equally, and it seems like you do too. And I just think that's the thing that we're missing with all this critical race theory stuff. I, I couldn't agree more, Gray. I mean, you know, critical race theory, it's, it's like, you know, let's just make everybody feel bad. And, you know, I, I like to think that we should really be replacing critical race theory with critical grace theory. Hey, oh, oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. You know, yes. let's, let's have a little more grace and, uh, you know, start to talk about how, how God is present in everything. 
everyday yeah. life. Every, everything is seen through the lens of grace mm-hmm. and I mean, Jesus' love. I wish oh. you could be uh, taking that around the country in, in, t- in teaching it to uh, all these people that are just freaking out about, yeah. about things because I think that, you know, this critical race theory and we all know what it is and what's in it and what it's all about so we don't even need to get into that. But I wish we could just replace all that hogwash with critical grace theory. I love that. And in your case, critical grace land theory. Hey, uh. <laughs> Absolutely. I hadn't even thought of that, girl. That's genius. Yeah, I'm going to have to work that into my act. Oh, that, is great. that is great. That's so good. And I'll tell you what, I haven't read anything about it and, um, you know, sort of skimmed the headlines, but my husband, Lance Labonte, I said, what is this critical race theory? And he said, well, you're not supposed to be white anymore. And I said, well, okay, I don't know what I can do about that. And my kids said, no, no, mom, it's also, w- would it sit better with you if we just called it American history? Like the truth of, about American history? Could you get behind that, mom? Because mm-hmm. you can call it you know, critical race theory or you can just call it the truth of American history. And I said, nope, I learned about um, American history when I was in school. And so, you know what? Frankly, I'm just done learning about it because I already Once did. Once is enough. Yeah. Once <laughs> is enough. And, you know, that was, that was the, it's also a long, long time ago. And, you know, it, it really it matters more how we act now. Uh, you know, everyone just needs to kind of take a breath. Step on back, uh, you know, take away the racial lens from their eye, uh, remove the remove the racial lens from their brother's eye or their sister's eye and put in a gracial lens. See, wow, <laughs> wow. wow, it's just I so mean, preach great. to me, preacher. It's awesome. I, <laughs> and, and you know what? I had like a full hardback history book that was like published. So it's like, do you think there's anything in there that's not factual? No, it was all vetted. And you know what's funny is my husband, Lance Labonte, he grew up in Virginia and he said he learned a different kind of American history because I was taught, um, I grew up, you know, right here in, in the Midwest. And I was taught that, you know, the Civil War um, was to stop those horrible Democrats because they loved slavery. And, um, and uh, my husband, Lance Labonte, he was taught in Virginia that it was called the War of northern aggression and that it was a totally different thing he didn't really know anything about the slavery stuff he just knew that the north was trying to like industrialize or something and i was like well (laughs) i mean potato potato am i right Tumnus, I'm going to put you on the top of my prayer list for God to restore your marriage because there is nothing that God can't do besides um, amputee, uh, healing amputees. And I and I, I believe that he can restore your marriage. He can make your wife fall back in love with you. Well, you know, I also wanted to ask you, because this is such a specific name, you named Tumnus. Is that from Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Yeah, is that it, Christian it book. is. Oh. oh, wow. Yes, it is. Of course, yes. And um, yeah, and, and Tumnus was, uh, you know... Um, uh, he, he was a he was a a, a minor character, but uh, you know uh, definitely was was in the mix. Lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, and um, you know I think uh, he was the he was the fellow that uh, led them through the wardrobe, kind of you know into Narnia, right? Ooh, yeah. and, and and his lower half was definitely different than his upper half, and I think that really wow. is kind of a god wow. thing because wow. uh, you know I would say that your wow. lower half is is now pretty pretty different than your upper half. Yeah, it is. It is, and I and I I guess you know Thomas kind of had that hopping halting uh, gait as well, which. Uh, you know, is um, definitely true of myself as well when I'm outside of my jazzy. And, you know, Tumnus loved uh, the Turkish delight, uh, candy. And you mm-hmm. know, you've also kind of had some experience with, with candy, I guess, if you wanted to call the, the painkillers that. Right. Thomas, I wanted to um, go back, and I know you've been traumatized by walking in on your daughter treating her body like an amusement park. And as a woman who also has a female body, I just want to tell you that it grieves the heart of God that all these girls are walking around with these really kind of, um, you know, wretched kind of sinful, uh, you know, temptation traps, really. And it's going to be one of the first questions I ask God when I get to heaven is, why did you make the female body? It just seems to be such a terrible trap. And I'm sorry that your daughter has discovered her 
members. You know, the church does everything we can to make sure girls don't know anything that's happening below the neck. You just feel like it's so unjust, you know, unjust that you're in this body and, you know, uh, it was given to you by God. And yes, we're grateful for it, God. But, you know, it ain't always just a picnic in the, on a sunny day in May, you know. Isn't that right? Now, forgive me if this is too personal a question, but did Elvis get divorced from Priscilla? Is that what happened? He did. He did. Eventually, um, unfortunately, they divorced, and uh, Elvis had several other girlfriends before his, his untimely passing. Um, yes, but, uh, you know, I think he always uh, deeply regretted um, parting ways with Priscilla. And Yeah, she was the love of his life. Absolutely. And how did Elvis die, and where did he die? Well, uh, you know, uh, actually, it's it's you you, may, you might think of it as an urban myth, Gray, but um, it's actually 100 percent true. He did die on the toilet. Oh uh, no! And oh wh- no! Oh, his girlfriend at the time true. found him uh, oh, no. unresponsive right in front of the toilet. Oh um, no! I mean, that is my greatest fear. It's really my greatest fear. Is dying really? on the toilet. Dying on the toilet. Come on, that's just like I mean, what a. F- it just freaks me out. There's not a whole lot of dignity in it. I know. I know it's a big, uh, there, there is a big group of people out there who think that he didn't die mm-hmm. and that he's still with us. And I was just wondering, do you ever have people come throw themselves at you? Crowds of girls start screaming as if the Beatles <laughs> just landed in America when they think they're seeing Elvis in the flesh? I have had a little bit of trouble with uh, women throwing themselves at me. Um, older women, mostly. Uh, oh, well, yeah. right. I guess that makes sense because. Right, right. Yeah, I've, I've uh, um, actually, you know, uh, visiting uh, my parents in in their retirement home, uh, uh, you know, I'm 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 right. I fit right in there on my on my jazzy. A lot of people are on you know devices there, and uh, did do an impromptu performance actually for some for some residents who were dining uh, one evening. And yeah, unfortunately though, had a few elderly ladies um, throw themselves out of their mobile oh, no. devices, oh, no scooters. Ah. That is, um, yeah, different you know uh, rascals or, or what have you that they were in. They kind of uh, you know were so uh, exuberant. In, in the music that they uh, were just popped right out popped onto right the out. floor. Yeah, well, Whoa. ladies of any age, you know, can be, I guess, you know, uh, subject to temptation. And I do think that you're so convincing the way you, you know, do this character that I, you know, if I were an, a lady in my 80s, I'd jump right over to Rascal too. Well, think about it. I mean, Eve was the very first lady and she was very susceptible to temptation. And women have been that way ever since. And also osteoporosis. And so they might have just had like their bones crumbling to dust and falling out of there. But I bet it was that they thought they were having a true king sighting you know what also tumness i know that your wife has left you and your daughters are rubbing up on your home goods and such but you know what just think someday we're going to be entering those pearly gates we're going to walk into heaven jesus is going to give us the best hug we've ever felt we'll be feel total fulfillment and joy and just be laughing constantly and we're going to have a king sighting up there we're going to see the king of kings but we're also going to see the king Oh, I mean, I think that was one of the most powerful parts of your little presentation was when, you know, Elvis is going, all right, guys, I died. I'm off to see Christ. And and then when you are seeing Christ in heaven for the first time, it was a, an amazing bookend kind of between the when Elvis accepts Christ to seeing Christ for the first time. And I mean, would you just give us a little taste of what that was like? Because uh, I love what you said when when Elvis kind of walks in and then gives us a little a little song. Oh, my Lord. Is that Jesus there? Cause I think I'm gonna sure like it here. Oh my goodness, it, I've caught goosebumps.
Tumnus Waddington was played by the true treasure, Thomas Whittington. Check him out as the voice of Chuck Schumer on Our Cartoon President and follow all his great work at thomaswhittington.com. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie LeBont, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>